Time for our weekly checkup with family physician and vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who is on the line. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Okay, let's begin with the uh, latest on monkeypox. Toronto with two new suspected cases and one probable under investigation. Meanwhile, Quebec, they have 15 confirmed cases there. And the federal government, Dr. Gorfinkel, they're uh, sending vaccines to Quebec? Yeah, there's all this question around vaccines. So there's two types of vaccines. Just a quick primer on it. You've got the original vaccine, and the original vaccine is made of live virus. Now, that's not monkeypox virus. That's a, a, a cousin virus called vaccinia. Now, the problem with live virus is that it can replicate in a person and therefore can cause very significant side effects, including myocarditis, again, pericarditis. Two, it's very rare, but it can. So the problem is significant side effects. There's a second type of vaccine, which is also shown to give a very good antibody response, but there's far less real-world data on it. And that's a vaccine that Canada is now really trying hard to purchase called Imvimune. Now, two doses are needed of that. The U.S. has all of 1,000 doses. It was approved by Health Canada back in November. But right now, Canada doesn't have any of that vaccination at all. That's something they're looking at, but not to do a widespread vaccination, but to do just to vaccinate potentially household contacts of people who have had monkeypox or close sexual contacts and possibly healthcare workers in a strategy called ring vaccination. In other words, we form a ring of vaccination around those people who have known to have it and known to have contact with it. All right. And we hear that Dr. Teresa Tam, she said recently that uh, Canada, we are considering smallpox vaccine for monkeypox cases. Well, that's just it. The old smallpox vaccine, that's the live vaccine, which is a replicating vaccine. That vaccine is known to be 85% protective against monkeypox. But what about this new vaccine? Now, that's a non-replicating vaccine. That's harder to get. Canada has put in a bid for some 500,000 doses, enough to vaccinate about a quarter of a million people. But that's going to take a number of years to get. So the question remains, you know, how exactly will it be given out and to whom? So that's what, you know, right now the health authorities are trying to work out. Mm -hmm. And Moderna, they also, we have reports, are testing a potential vaccine. Is that correct? That's absolutely true. And it's interesting. Everybody's getting their finger in the pot. It looks like Moderna's got one. And I understand that that's that's a very risky kind of proposition. Consider how many cases are are worldwide. You're talking less than 200 cases worldwide. So this is not known to be a highly transmissible disease. But nevertheless, Moderna is stepping up to that plate. They're in preclinical trials. There's a lot of mystery around exactly what they're doing. I assume that's a protein-based virus, as a protein-based vaccine, as opposed to these other vaccines, which are attenuated viral vaccines. All right, that's the uh, vaccine situation. And again, Toronto with two new suspected cases of monkeypox, one probability under investigation, 15 in Quebec right now. Belgium, Dr. Gorfinkel, they have introduced mandatory quarantine uh, as uh, cases uh, there arise. Uh, What do you think about that strategy, a quarantine strategy? Is that something that other countries, and Canada in particular, we should be maybe looking at? 
Well, they're looking at that hard now in Quebec, and with good reason. It makes a lot of sense to isolate cases because this is not a highly transmissible disease, but for those around that disease, it potentially is transmissible. It's interesting. President Biden in the United States said they're not considering isolation. But I think Quebec very well may. It's, you know, Belgium has said, hey, we've had four cases. We're going to tell these folks they've got to self-isolate for 21 days, for three weeks. You know, this is a disease which is contagious only when the rash is present. But the problem is you can't see the rash at the beginning. It's in a person's mouth. It's in a person's throat. And that is what helps us as clinicians to find the case. Because it's hard to diagnose it when it's acting like any other virus. It can cause fever, headache, fatigue, muscle aches. It can cause a bit of a the lymph nodes in the neck, under the arms, and in the groin to get large. But a lot of viruses do that. So as we were talking last week, it's the pox, the rash that defines it. And this rash looks like a lot of angry pimples and pustules through the body. And now we don't, it's not aggressive, so there may not be that many. So it's quite possible that a person who has it could easily go outside and not be recognized for having that disease. So to me, isolation makes a lot of sense, and I believe it should be mandatory for these individuals just to try to keep it, you know, spreading as little as possible. Joined as always on this Wednesday by Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, let's get to the latest on uh, COVID. And we've got a, a report from the Ontario Medical Association, which uh, once again is detailing a backlog, surgical backlogs due to the uh, pandemic. Uh, they're now calling the number unprecedented. Absolutely. You know, the surgery gets a lot of attention because we know orthopedics took an especially hard hit during the pandemic. We're talking about knee and hip replacements and, of course, ophthalmology, cataract surgery. But what we're not talking about nearly enough are the other things, the cancer screenings, kids' routine vaccines, you know, the diagnostic tests that people are now having to wait for. I'm talking about just getting a blood test in the medical building where I'm working, just saying. Yesterday, there was a line that went all the way down the hall and into the stairwell to get a routine blood test. What about x-rays and ultrasounds? That's also taking a lot longer for individuals to get. And I think when the OMA talks about its goals, I think they make a lot of sense. But how we're going to get there remains not all that clear. How can we really reduce wait times and backlogs? And what is the individual to do to try to reduce that waiting time. You know, and I think, I hate to say it, but being a squeaky wheel helps. Squeak, squeak a little bit. Because if there's a lot of pain and suffering, chances are you can be moved a little ahead in the line. Mm -hmm. And what if that disease really represents risk? Well, I, I think there is a prioritization happening for those individuals as well. Well, we've often talked about when it comes to healthcare, you're your own best advocate. And our doctors, uh, are they offering uh, solutions to the uh, backlog through the OMA or individually? Because uh, they're right there on the front lines uh, seeing it. Uh, have doctors proposed any sort of solutions, Dr. Gorfinkel? We're certainly hoping to see more home care based help for individuals. You know, it's heartbreaking when, when people really don't have a lot of alternatives. You know, the word long-term care strikes a lot of fear in people. And what I love is just setting in, you know, referrals to home-based services so the services come to people as opposed to their having to go out to obtain that service. 
So I think we, we are seeing a bit of an expansion of that, but not nearly enough. And we need to make more advantage, take more advantage of digitally based type of propositions as well. I think that could be expanded a little more. You know, and certainly mental health and addiction services need to be expanded. But these are all goals for the future, and we are very, falling. Unfortunately, we're not we're not servicing these backlogs nearly enough, especially when it comes to mental health. Yeah, just quickly because we got to get a break. But when you talk about digital health care, is that just some of what we saw during the pandemic as we all pivoted and uh, adapted, uh, where you could uh, meet with your doctor uh, virtually, and uh, a lot of uh, healthcare or some healthcare, anyways could come digitally? It has its pluses and minuses. If I'm just reviewing some tests on the phone, that's easy enough. If I'm renewing a medication, hey, that's great. But what if I actually have to do a physical examination? Well, that's where it really falls flat. And what I worry about is if we're not seeing enough patients in person, what winds up happening is we order more tests. And that's actually an evidence-based statement. If I don't see a person and I'm not doing the physical examination, say, on their knee, I'm more likely to get an X-ray and an ultrasound and start with tests that really do not change outcomes. That's a serious problem, both for the patient who then has to wait in these long lines and potentially delay care, and for the the potential for diagnosis and getting them to the help they need sooner. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got to step aside, take a, a quick break, but we've got plenty more ahead with Dr. Gorfinkel, including uh, we're also going to talk about this uh, latest study that uh, is trying to answer the question why the air at the gym may be more likely to uh, spread uh, COVID. So uh, if you're uh, back at the gym, stay tuned. You're going to want to hear about that. Coming up next here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 